Welcome to this Edge Church podcast. We are a people whose mission is to know Christ, be the church, and serve our community. We pray you are blessed and equipped by this message. You know, as people of faith, we're called to make disciples. That's what Jesus has brought us into. But the first disciple we really need to lead is right here. It's it's ourselves. We need to counsel ourselves. We need to lead ourselves, pastor ourselves. The truth of the matter is that no one talks to you more than you do. And so no one is more convincing to you than you are. So we really need to be aware of how we speak to ourselves because any of the thoughts that we entertain in our life that we allow to occupy in our life are actually going to multiply around us as we move forward in life. So we really need to be aware of how we speak to ourselves. I love Acts 20 verse 28. It says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. This is Paul speaking to the elders of the church of Ephesus. He's saying, hey, I want you to pastor the church, but, the, but you've got to pastor yourself. Keep watch over yourself, lead yourself, pastor yourself, because we are watching over our own soul. You know, biblically, the soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so as a person of faith, I need to understand, I gotta give leadership to my soul because my soul is my responsibility. My thought life is my responsibility. My my choices and my actions in life, that's my responsibility. My heart is my responsibility. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart above all else because from, from that will flow all the issues of life. And so Lord, help us to lead us. Help us to be people of self counsel in the middle of life's difficult journeys. Because how we speak to ourselves in the middle of adversity, how we speak to ourselves in the middle of a a wilderness will determine so much about the outcomes of our life. So I wanna take a moment this morning to talk around the topic of wells in the wilderness. Wells in the wilderness. Psalm 84, verse four. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Amen. Ever, they are singing your praise. Selah. Now, the Psalms use this term selah. It's just a pause point. It's time. In other words, it's saying, don't rush off. Reflect on that. Don't just read it and bounce through it like you're reading a novel. No, reflect, meditate, get this into your, into your spirit. Why is that important? Well, go back for a second. Blessed, blessed. God's plan for you is to flourish. God's plan for you is to thrive. God's plan for you is abundance in your soul. It's prosperity in your soul. So blessed are those who dwell in your house. People who are dwelling in the presence and power of God, they shall be blessed. They are ever praising you. Think about it, meditate on it, reflect on it. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. Amen. In whose heart are highways to Zion, 
as they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. And each one appears before God in Zion. Oh Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. <laughs> Let's Selah this morning. Father, we just pray that your word would speak life to us. We thank you that faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of God. What a privilege, what a privilege it is as people of faith to come under the ministry of your word. Spirit of God, speak to us this morning. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Wells in the wilderness. Psalm 84 is all about the heart of a worshipper that's going through this valley of Baca. And what they're doing is they are leading themselves through the middle of a difficult journey. The valley of Baca, by definition, it means the valley of weeping. It, it's, it's literally called the valley of tears. That's what the valley of Baca means. Sounds cheery, doesn't it? It was a lifeless, inhospitable wilderness. And wilderness in the Bible is a picture of, of, in a sense, the journey that we go through in the world. The wilderness cannot support human life. It will not nourish your soul. It is incompatible with human flourishing. It's a place of adversity. It's a place of difficulty. And yet the people of God would have to take this journey of faith through the Valley of Tears to get to Jerusalem, to get to Zion in order to worship and experience the power and presence of God in the courts of the living God, the, the meeting place of heaven and earth. But I'm not here to do a history lesson. I'm not here to talk about the Old Testament. I'm here to talk about you and I. I'm here to talk about our journey of faith. I'm, I'm here to talk about how we have a highway in our hearts to Zion. Ecclesiastes says God has placed a sense of eternity in the hearts of man that we would seek Him. And there is a God God-shaped vacuum in the human soul that can only be filled by the living God. You and I are designed to be people of the power and presence of God. <laughs> to get where God was calling them, they had to pass through the valley of tears. Sometimes you gotta go through it. You gotta go through difficult journeys. It was a journey through a harsh wilderness, scorching sun, incredible thirst, Thorn bushes, snakes, often bandits and robbers would, would, would camp out there in the valley and attack people while they are vulnerable in their difficult journey. And the enemy, he has a plan to rob you of your worship, rob you of your destination in God. He'll attack you in your fear and uncertainty in the valley of tears. But these people of faith, right? These people of faith, they're speaking to themselves. They're leading themselves. The psalmist, he's talking about how they're singing while they're on this journey because people of faith find their strength in God, not in the circumstances. Their strength is in prayer. Their strength is in the presence of God, not the weather pattern, not, not the circumstances around them. In their heart, there is a highway to Zion. And, and, and this is our, a picture of our life too. Jesus said, in this world, you will have 
trouble. He, but, says, but he says, take heart, I have overcome the world. You are not alone. You are not on this journey without resources, without the assets of heaven. And for each and every one of us, we come to God by faith alone, through grace alone, in Christ alone. And, and we begin with acceptance and we begin with this wholeness in God because of the finished work of the cross of Christ. And so we experience salvation right at the beginning of our journey. And our end point is glorification, our highway that is taking us to our greater Zion. But in the middle, there's this journey of sanctification. And sometimes it's a journey through the wilderness. <laughs> I think maybe one of the problems in our journey of life is that we have so many pin drop destination points far less glorious than Zion, our heavenly Zion. And they are elusive finishing lines that are like a mirage in the wilderness desert that just keep moving. As soon as you get there, there's another finish line. But we are called to be people that set our hearts in heaven. Amen. And so what happens? I mean, we're conditioned like this. You, you, you grow up and you're just a little kid and, and you think, oh, my life will be fulfilled. And you have a pin drop finish line, a destination point, and you put a highway to being a teenager. And if I could just become a teenager, then I'd be more independent. I'll be able to do more things. And you grow up, you become a teenager. And there as a teenager, you think, well, uh, if only there's a finishing line, the finishing line just keeps moving. If only I just finish high school and then I'll be, you know, then I'll be some kind of adult. And you get to that point where you finish high school and, and that's a finishing line. But then that shifts very quickly. It's just, it's what do I need in my life? What do I need? What, 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 what? It always governs our life. Oh, I know what I need now that I'm getting, I'm finishing school. I need a car. And if only I had a car and a license, then, then then, then I'll have complete independence. And, and for me, that was the Datsun 120Y with my fully sick subwoofer in the back. And, and it was an absolute chick magnet. That's how I got married. My, my wife, Dee, she couldn't resist it, the power of the maroon Datsun. You know, it kept, even though it kept chewing up the tapes in the stereo and you had to have a pencil and the dashboard to wind the tapes back up. And I know young people have no idea what I'm talking about now. They're like, tape, sticky tape? What do you do with sticky tape? You know, it, it, you know if only I had a car, then, then I would have a level of independence, but that just moves. If only I had the uni degree, if only I had some kind of, kind of qualification, and then that moves. And then it's like, if only I found the one that completes me, the love of my life, whoever's out there. And, and, and that's a finishing line moves a little bit further. And if only I had the career and if I got into a career, then I would be happy, but the finishing line keeps moving. Oh, if only I had a wedding and then we have our wedding day and we think, finally, the finish line, I've got a wedding. Oh, no, 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 no. You got a whole marriage, right? And then you get into the marriage and you go, I know what I need now. What, 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 what? What do I need? Well, now what do I need? I, 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 if we had a family, and then you get pregnant and then it's like, at last I'm pregnant. It's a finishing line. Oh no, 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 no. Oh no, you gotta have the children, right? And then, and, then comes, and then comes the healthcare plan and then comes the braces and then comes the education and then the, the kids are going to, going to school and then they get the award for availability. You know, it's like, and it just keeps moving. It keeps moving all the time. And just when you think, 
I finally, my kids have graduated high school. That's my finish line. And I, I got to tell you, I've, I, my naivety, I bought that one a little bit because I thought when my eldest daughter finished high school, I'm like, my job's done. Give me a purple heart. I achieved everything that I need to do. I created a fully functioning adult. Oh, no, 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 no. Journey just keeps, the what, what, what keeps moving because what will not sustain us in the valley of tears, we actually need far stronger why than our what, <laughs> because our why needs to be way more powerful than our what. And if you don't have a strong why in life, you will constantly change your what. You'll change your job, you'll change your vision, you'll change your, your relationships, you'll change your church, you'll change your, all the things that you can change because you're so unsettled, because you don't have a strong enough why when you're in the middle of the valley of tears. But people of faith have never lost sight of their finishing line, that heaven is our home. There is a highway in my heart towards the power and presence of God. And my life, the why behind the what, is that I am called to be someone who walks with the presence of God who's someone who walks in a relationship with the living God and I am not alone in anything in this journey in the wilderness. So for those who know God, as they go through the valley of tears, they make it a place of springs. Did you see that in Psalm 84? This is something we see all over Scripture. The principle that we see all over Scripture is that God has a way of taking our valleys taking our wilderness, taking our pain and bringing all kinds of refreshing out of it and life out of it. I don't understand how he does it, but he does do it. It's what R.T. Kendall talks about when he talks about the family secret of Romans 8.28. Because for people of faith, it's a family secret. We know. It's something we know. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. He takes our valley of tears and He turns it into a well of refreshing. Our valleys become springs through the hand of God. I love how the King James translation puts this. Psalm 84 verse six, who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well the rain also filleth. <laughs> Sorry about all the people in the front row just got a filleth irrigation. It's, it's not a COVID safe word in the King James there. The, the rain also filleth the pools. I would say turn to your neighbour and say filleth, but I don't think that's safe. Um, <laughs> the rain fills the pools. They make it, Wells, they, they, they dig wells in the wilderness. And somehow at the right time, in the economy of God's grace, He fills it and turns them into pools. <laughs> A miracle is happening in the Valley of Tears and at the right time, God sends the rain and He starts covering those those valleys of weeping, they, he turns them into wells and pools of refreshing. Wow, only God, only God can turn our morning into dancing. Weeping may last the night, but joy comes in the morning. Yea, though I sow in tears, I shall reap in joy. Ha, he fills 
our lives with pools. For us as people of faith, the problems that we're facing and the sorrow that we're feeling, they can become God's richest blessings in our life. And there's a reminder here in this picture. What's the reminder? Hey, they go through the valley of tears. Hey, it's something that we're going through. In other words, it's not your destination. Your pain is not your forever. Your disappointment's not your parking spot. Come on, they're going through the valley of tears. This is not your forever home. You're not redirecting your Amazon parcels to the valley of Baca. Come on, it's not email matt at baca.com. No, that's not where we're living. It's not where we're staying. It's just something that we're going through. God can take you through. God can take you through it. <laughs> I'm not staying there. I'm not making permanent decisions in my temporary valley. I'm going through it. But also we don't get to bypass. It didn't say they go around the valley of tears either. It didn't say that they catch the balloon ride and take the scenic trip. So because I'm a person of faith, I don't have to go through any of that. I, I'm gonna go the garden route. <laughs> no, no, you don't get to bypass it. You, you, you just, it's just something that you go through. We are valley avoidant people, but we need to learn to pass through it. The process will pass. I love how the Bible, the Bible many times, right? Over and over, it uses this phrase, and it came to pass, and it came to pass, and it came to pass. And we've got to remind ourselves sometimes when we're in the valley of tears, this too will pass. It might pass like a kidney stone, but it'll pass. <laughs> Katink, you know, <laughs> it will pass. But until we've passed through, we're going to dig a well. Amen. Until we pass through, we're going to dig a well in the wilderness. Because, Lord, I, I need to get beyond surface religion. I need to get below Sunday liturgy. I've got to get below that and I've got to be someone who digs into the things of the power and presence of God. They make it a well. <laughs> and then one day the rains will come and they become pools of living water that are a source of refreshing for those who follow after. So in this psalm, we can get a glimpse of different kinds of wells that we can dig in the wilderness. Firstly, there's a well of God's promises. There's a well of God's promises. If you're going through a difficult journey, if you're going through the Valley of Baca, you've got to hold on to the promises of God. You've got to hold on to the Word of God. And what is the promise here? The promise is that the early rains are coming. This is not my forever. God has got refreshing in my future. God has got rejuvenation and life and flourishing coming for my soul. This wilderness will be filled with a pool of living water. God has a word for you in the middle of your valley. God has something 
to say, I will not live by how I feel, but by the truth I know is real. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. Jesus said it in His wilderness. We need to say it in our wilderness. We need to be people of the Word of God. My pain can alter my perspective. So I gotta get beyond my perspective and I gotta get to something more objective. I gotta get to something that's bigger than my situation. I need to get beyond the the obvious situation. I need to get to revelation. I gotta get God's perspective on my life. I need the truth of God's Word outside of my wilderness, outside of my tears, outside of my pain. Isaiah 55 verse eight. I feel like preaching now. I'm gonna give the Spirit of God. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I'm not focused on my problems. I'm focused on the promises of God. I'm focused on a perspective that I don't have in and of myself. It doesn't originate in me. I gotta get to the God that is higher than I. We live in a world where everyone's happy to share their thoughts, happy to share their perspective. We live in a world of reels, a world of social media, a world of endless comments and commentary. But I've, I've got to declare that His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. I've got to bypass opinion. I've got to get to something a little bit more stable if I'm going to navigate this valley. <laughs> Number two, there's a well of prayer. There's a well of prayer. Verse eight says, Oh Lord God of hosts, Hear my prayer, give ear, O God of Jacob. I love how he says, O God of Jacob, because it's their their reminder of the patriarchal history. It's their reminder of Jacob who became Israel, who became the founder, father of their nation, of all of this faith. And how did it originate? He wrestled with God and prevailed. He got hold of God and he wouldn't let go until he received the blessing of God. And we too are called to be people of prayer like that, that take hold of God in the place of prayer. Oh, they, he holds on and he says, God, hear my prayer. When we're in the middle of the valley of tears, we are not alone. We have a God that we have access to. We can cast our cares upon Him for He cares for us. It's not enough just to talk to every other fellow traveller about the difficulties that we're going through. I'm thankful for friendships. I'm thankful for family, but I've got a higher place. I've got a place to go in prayer. I'm not navigating this valley on a horizontal level. Imagine these guys going through this terrible valley, the heat, the thorns, the vipers, the snakes, all of the bandits. So Bob, it's just hard, Bob. It's hot, Bob. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Yes, I know. It's difficult, right? But we've got to get beyond just doing life on a horizontal plane. We are called to be people of faith that do relationship with God on the vertical plane. And we have access to the resources of heaven. It's a well of prayer. Number three, it's a well of God's presence. Verse four, blessed are those who dwell in your house. We get to dwell in the presence of God. Verse seven says, each one appears before God. Wow. We get to appear before God. We get to be people of His presence. You are not alone. You are not alone in your valley of tears. The whole point of this 
is that we would be people of the presence of God. The temple was all about the resident presence of God, the Holy of Holies, the Ark of God, where the Shekinah glory of God, the, the glory of God, this, it's, it's this picture of weight, the northern lights of heaven. That's where we're heading. That's where we're going. We are called to be people of the presence of God. And the reason why I want to highlight that is that you know we have a far greater reality than they did. Do you know we have a far greater access than they did? Do you know that Christ, when he gave up his life and declared it is finished, that the curtain into that holy of holies was shredded from top to bottom so that you would not stay at a distance, that the kingdom of God is at hand and we can come into the very throne room of God's grace. Hebrews 4, 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Come on, you are not alone no matter what you're going through. Let's, it's our time to come boldly into the throne room of God and to meet with God face to face. <laughs> There's a well in the wilderness called the presence of God. <laughs> he is Emmanuel, God with us. The promise of Scripture is never ever will I leave you, never ever will I forsake you. The promise of Scripture is nothing shall separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. No matter what's going on in your valley, you are not too far from God. <laughs> you have access into the presence of God. Psalm 23, I love it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Why? What is the why behind his what? Because you are with me. My source of confidence, my source of peace, my source of contentment, my source of healing is, comes from the fact that God is with me. He has not left me. Blessed are those. <laughs> Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Blessed are the pure in heart, Jesus taught, for they shall see God. Heart purity starts seeing God in everything. When Jesus does that work in our heart, we start seeing God in everything. Wow, how can you see God in this valley? Oh man, for people of faith. Oh, we are refreshed. He is the ever-present help in time of trouble. My trouble wasn't a sign that He left me. My trouble is a sign that He's here. He's here in the middle of it all. And you know your heart is healed when you can see God even in the valley of tears. Hmm. Number four, it's a well of God's power. Verse seven says, they go from strength to strength. Who can say that? Who can say that about that journey through the valley of Barker, through the valley of tears? Who can say they go from strength to strength? What, you're talking about it like this valley is the best thing that's ever happened for you? Going from strength to strength. No, that's not how this world works. They who go through the valley of tears go from stronger to weaker, weaker to faint. Come on, they fail in, in the middle of that wilderness, that valley of tears. No, 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 no. 
They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Why? Because they wait upon the Lord. They draw down a strength. There is a supernatural supply of strength that comes from the presence of God. Acts chapter three, there are times of refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. Amen. God put a hunger in our heart. But that kind of refreshing when I'm in His presence. He restores my soul. He heals my history. He breaks the chains of addiction and He frees me. In His presence, He fills my emptiness. He lifts my weariness. He gives me hope for the future. I pray that we would thirst, that we would be people of the presence of God and that we would draw down strength in the middle of the wilderness. Number five, it's a well of praise. Verse four says, they are ever praising you. They are ever praising you. In a valley, but praising. In a valley, they haven't lost their joy and wonder in God. Right, that's what we're talking about when Paul says, hey, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say it, rejoice. Paul had to say it twice. He had to speak to his own soul. He had to lead his own spirit. He says, you, hey, Paul, wake up. You will rejoice in the Lord always. Ah, I'll say it again, rejoice. What is he talking about? Well, well, that book of Philippians, that's written from a prison, right? And so he's saying, no, we're gonna rejoice. And our rejoicing isn't based on our circumstances. Our rejoicing isn't based on the wilderness. Our rejoicing is based on the fact that you might've put me in prison, but you put me in prison with my best friend, Jesus, and He's here. So I'm gonna rejoice in the Lord. In the Lord. I'm not rejoicing in the work environment. I'm not rejoicing in the current affairs and the current events or my bank account or the house I'm living in or the car. I'm rejoicing in the Lord. Rejoice. They are ever praising you. I'm too busy focusing on the glory and wonder and nature and character of God to complain about the hot sand in my shoe. Lord, help me lift my eyes beyond my circumstances to see the glory and wonder of who You are. Because praise, it comes before the pools. We don't praise when we get the pools. We praise while we're in the middle of the wilderness and one day God will deal with the pools all by Himself. Come on, there is nothing holding us back from putting our attention and remembering the wonder of the finished work of the cross of Christ. That's what we did this morning so powerfully when we gathered around communion. The greatest acts of God have already been finished on our behalf. So I've got a lot. Sorry, I don't know where that's coming from. I'm ready to moonwalk. Because why? There's a lot for us to celebrate. And you get through these Psalms and you start reading through these Psalms and you'll see this is the pattern of worship. Because they will, they're, not, they're not rehearsing their pain. They're not rehearsing the curse. They, they, they rehearse and remember the goodness of God, the faithfulness of the unchanging one, the one that is not shifting like shadows. He is altogether faithful. They'll celebrate His covenant keeping love that never gave up on them. He was faithful even when they were not faithful. And what do they do? They remember everything. You, you go through the Psalms and you'll see it. God, you are the maker of the heavens and the earth. 
Now remember who He is and what He's done. You are the God who redeemed us. You are the God who heard us and you heard our cry when we were in slavery in Egypt and you came with your mighty arm and you set us free and you broke the chains of Pharaoh and you led us out of Egypt and you brought us into freedom. You brought us through the Red Sea, which speaks to us about our baptism, but you didn't just bring us out, you brought us in. You brought us into a promised land. You brought us into a place of promise and you you led us with a pillar of cloud by day so we would survive. You gave us a pillar of fire at night because you protected us and you brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey. But it's nothing compared to what we know about that finished work of the cross of Christ that we can give God glory and praise in the middle of our journey. Amen. Why? Why? You're so faithful. All my life, you have been faithful. <laughs> nor my life, you have been so. You all want to sing, I know, I know, you really do. With every breath that I am able, I will sing the goodness of God. All my life, anyway, I won't go into it, I'm not here. <laughs> but isn't that what? Oh, how do I start praising? How do I start praising? How do I start worshiping? Here's your hint. Here's the hint. Just praise your way into praise. Worship your way into worship. Just start remembering who He is. All my life, you have been faithful. You redeem, you restore, you renew all my life. You have been faithful. That'll never change. Circumstances change, not Him. So I worship my way into worship. I dig a well of praise. Lastly, there's a well of provision. Verse six says, the early rains cover it with pools. Amen. In other words, God will provide the rain. He is Jehovah Jireh. It's the Lord, my provider. It's other names. He's the God of more than enough. The abundant God. There's refreshing coming for you. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And He will supply all our needs that are in Christ. And you know, I just got a feeling that some of these pilgrims on this journey through the Valley of Baca, I've got a feeling that maybe they dug some wells in the wilderness that they never drank from. Sometimes the journey of faith is about legacy. Sometimes maybe we're not just digging for ourselves. Maybe we're digging for those who come after us. You know, I turned 50 at the beginning of the year, ready for early retirement. (laughs) And uh, I gotta tell you, for me, it's legacy. It's a shift. There's a shift to legacy because you're more concerned about what's, what's gonna be beyond you. What are the things of faith that are going to go beyond you? And we become more and more mindful that the wells that we're digging will refresh those who come after us. In the middle of the wilderness, the Valley of Tears. Yeah, it looks like we're sweating in the heat. It's like you're digging a hole and sometimes it seems so empty. But I'm not just thinking about what's gonna happen next week. 
I gotta tell you, I'm not just thinking about what's gonna happen in 2024. Like I'm getting ramped up for 2024. (laughs) I'm more concerned about bigger things like the wells that are gonna remain because the wells that we dug in the dry will become pools of refreshing for those who come after us. Amen. Because in a hundred years from now, we're not gonna be here. I'm sorry to, to shock some of you. Some of you might go, I think I've got it, you know. I took my multivitamin this morning. 100 years from now, someone else is living in your house. For many of us, we're gonna be home in Zion. But what are we leaving? What are we leaving? I don't know about you, I'd like to leave a few wells behind. You know, a few wells Behind, I hope a few. I hope there's a few wells in the valley of tears for people that come after us. And there are some wells in this church that will bless and refresh future generations. Singers and musicians, won't you come? My encouragement this morning for us is: don't waste the wilderness. I know that's a hard word. It appeals to maturity. Spiritual maturity. Don't waste the wilderness. If you're in a valley of tears right now, hey, there's a well. There's a well. (laughs) Go beyond the surface. Clear some space. There's a well of God's promises. There's a well of prayer. There's a well of presence. Well of power, well of praise, well of provision. And let me declare by the Spirit of God that the early rains are coming. There is refreshing in the presence of the Lord. And God's gonna fill every well, mighty name of Jesus. And all the space that we've made for God is never a waste. <laughs> It'll overflow with living water in the, in the mighty name of Jesus. <laughs> so this is about Jesus. There's a story in the Old Testament about the wilderness journey where God's people are dying of thirst. (laughs) And Moses strikes a rock with his timber staff and miraculously from the provision of heaven, water and life flowed from that rock as an act of God's awesome, mighty salvation. And all of that was just a shadow of the greater reality of salvation that we see that's in the cross of Christ, our great glorious hope. Because the New Testament in 1 Corinthians 10.4 says that Christ was that greater rock in the wilderness. That Christ is our source of living water in the wilderness of this fallen world that will not sustain you, that is incompatible with human flourishing. In the middle of this journey called the Valley of Baca, He is the living water that flows from the rock. That upon the cross, Jesus took our place and that He was struck with the rod of God's holy justice and judgment over sin. And upon that cross, a spear was driven into the heart of the Saviour of the world. And from His heart flowed water 
and blood and it flowed into the wounds of the world. He became sin for us so that you and I might be the righteousness of God that is in Christ Jesus. That's not something that we need to achieve. That's something that we receive. We receive living water from the rock of Jesus. No wonder in the Gospel of John, it's Jesus who cries out, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. Why? Because Christ is our oasis of hope in the wilderness of life. He is the living water of life. In a way, Jesus is saying, make me your rock in the wilderness because all other rocks will crumble. All other rocks will fail, but from me will flow living water. If anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. Run to Jesus and receive life. He's the one who meets the woman at the well. This woman who was so thirsty and parched in the wilderness of life. After five failed marriages, you're thirsty. The wilderness has not provided flourishing for you. All those other rocks have crumbled and it's Jesus. He's the well that sits on the well. He is the well of living water that will sit on the well of our thirst. And while we are thirsting, He's arranging a divine appointment for you and I. He's the one that says, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? He's the one who says to her, the living water I give will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That's the well in the wilderness. It's the well that never runs dry. There is refreshing for your soul and flourishing for your life, even though you might be in the valley of Baca. He's the well in the wilderness. Come to Jesus. Let Him love you. All over this place, why don't you stand to your feet. This morning, we're gonna respond in worship. We're gonna worship our way into worship. We're gonna remind ourselves of the presence of God that's in this place, in our life. We are not orphans. We are not bereft of care. We are not alone in the wilderness. Let's pray. God, for all those who are in a wilderness right now in the valley of tears, and we pray, we pray that You would make it a place of springs, a place of refreshing. God, we pray that these days would be fruitful in the economy of Your grace. I pray for these well warriors, these people who are digging in the valley. I pray that You would help us find a source of refreshing that is in You and You alone, the living water, our great hope and our oasis. God, even in the middle of adversity, even in the midst of adversity and challenges, I pray that You would cause these times to be times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord in Jesus' Name. Come on, let's respond in worship this morning. Thanks for joining us today. Find more resources and discover what's next for you at edgechurch.com.